He's from Rotowire. His name is Joe Bartle, and he joins us each and every week to talk all things fantasy. Joe, how are you, buddy? How are things? Yeah, I'm doing all right. Uh, fresh off a nice uh, holiday weekend, it's been good. And I mean, we have this is the pivotal point of the season uh, from a fantasy perspective. You got two weeks until the fantasy playoffs start for most people, uh, and you know, bye weeks still happening. Week thirteen, week fourteen, which tough to maneuver in important situations like this. I certainly hope you and your family had an enjoyable Thanksgiving, Joe. I'd like to retroactively create some controversy with you real quick, if you don't <laughs> mind. Uh, give me Absolutely. a uh, give me a hot take regarding Thanksgiving. Uh boy, a hot take regarding Thanksgiving. I mean, I don't think turkey is necessary okay. for, for the for the entire meal of Thanksgiving. That's the most I popular think... answer we've gotten, and I'm okay yeah, with I'm that. With you. Yeah, so maybe it's not a hot take anymore. I don't know. Like, I, I would even go as far as to say I would rather do burgers and brats. Brats is more of a Wisconsin thing. But yeah, you like gr- some grilled meat, some barbecue. Like, nice. the whole idea of let's go have ham and turkey. I, I don't mind ham so much, but let's rethink the whole meal plan for turkey uh, day. And, and we'll, we can have all the sides, right? The the stuffing and the, the, the yams and all that stuff. But the core function of Thanksgiving, that meal, that meat meal, let's just uh, completely throw it out and pick whatever one of your major meats that you want and let's do that instead of the ham turkey combo does cranberry sauce make the waves up there in wisconsin yeah it's it's fine it's not like it's it's the thing for sure i think uh it, i would i would probably say it's more of like a, a bougie or ritzy uh <laughs> side. so like we I, I, I go to like seven thanksgivings every year it's way too many so much driving i mean i get way too I'm probably like 15 pounds heavier uh following this week and there's two places that typically have the cranberry sauce and i would i would uh, attribute it to that kind of side of uh people who are putting it out there nothing <laughs> wrong with it but that's what it tends to be I, I i've definitely never thought about the brats as, as a thanksgiving meal but man i love me some brats i'm just saying let's let's do like a let's tailgate for thanksgiving there, that, hey, that sounds good to me <laughs> i that would be the ideal thanksgiving and now to be fair i would probably apply that to like Halloween. I, I would just like to tailgate all the time for every holiday if possible, uh, but that would be my, my ideal spread for Thanksgiving. We're setting you up for dinner here, Joe, with this uh, this conversation already, getting getting folks a little hungry. So, all right, fantasy football. We enter another week of the National Football League season. As you said, there are teams uh, that still have bye weeks in play here, uh, and then there's a pretty prominent quarterback in the sport set to make his return into Sean Watson against his former team, How's this going to unfold? Yeah, uh, Deshaun Watson, obviously, the Browns against the Texans. Browns are favored by seven, despite this being in Houston now. It's in part because the Texans are almost as bad as the Packers. I know record-wise it says differently, but my Packers are trying to do it the best they can to look at the Texans, who are 1-9-1. and one. Uh, I, I, People are – this has been a conversation and been on Fantasy Radar for boy, a month and a half now because if you are uh, in a position of luxury, you've already picked up Deshaun Watson – uh, as your QB2 or something to that effect, with the assumption that he's going to be the Deshaun Watson we saw two years ago. And my whole point has been, how do we know? I mean, he hasn't stepped on the field since 2020. How are we supposed to know what kind of quarterback he is? Uh, I know what we saw before, but now we have a new situation. He's two years more, uh, not, not that older makes a difference, but like, you're rusty on your reads. You literally haven't played a football game in two years, and we're saying he's immediately going to be top five overall fantasy quarterback. I, I just completely disagree with that notion. Um, I'm a big basketball, basketball guy, too, so I think always back to the Steve Nash, Kobe Bryant, Dwight Howard Lakers. And I'm not sure if anyone remembers that because it was 
a one-year opposite of what the word wonder would be because they were so bad together. But if you remember, at the beginning of the season, the thought was, oh, my God, the Lakers are going to destroy everyone. They're going to be absolutely insane. Steve Nash will just have uh, Al Eaps, Dwight Howard the whole entire time. And it took so much chemistry for that team to get together, but they never really actually lived up to that hype. This is a team sport as well in football, and you have to have the chemistry angle as well, and you're going to have all these booing happening the entire season, not just this week. I, I just... I would sooner say Deshaun Watson is not a QB1 at any point the rest of the season than he's going to return to his form that we saw two years ago. I just don't believe the situation is going to be better at all for for him or any of the fantasy players like Amari Cooper, for example. I mean, I was saying go ahead and get Amari Cooper everywhere, and he's been great up until this point. I have some concerns that it won't be just a one-for-one replacement. I know Watson is the better quarterback than Jacoby Brissett, but I don't think we'll see it to start. And uh, moving over to the AFC East, uh, looking at the Jets' offense, Mike White uh, taking over for Zach Wilson and doing very well against, obviously, a uh, not very good um, Chicago Bears defense. Um, But moving forward, where do you think those receivers uh, that the Jets have, where do you think their ceiling is now? Yeah, it's a really interesting question. Obviously, Garrett Wilson's rostered and probably started everywhere. That looked to be Mike White's favorite player, and rightfully so. I mean, the Jets play through their slot receiver quite a bit. Um, so whether it was Zach Wilson or Mike White, I know one was better than the other, certainly. But that is more or less their offense when pass the balls through their slot receiver. That's why Elijah Moore was good last year, because he was their slot receiver, not pushed to the outside. And I get that people only get excited the fact that he got the touchdown with Mike White. I do think it's more like the Bears are just that bad than the Jets in particular are that good. The only issue is you look at their rest of the season schedule, they don't play a lot of really good teams against the pass. I know the Vikings are 9-2, but they can absolutely be beat by passing the ball. They can get beat in any single way defensively. They're just not that good of a team. But that's who the Jets face basically the entire uh, next three or four weeks. And then you have the division to end the stretch. I think they have the Patriots and Dolphins on the schedule of the Bills. It was, it was two of those three to end the final two weeks. But up until that point, I think Mike White is going to be a guy that uh, not, not necessarily like guaranteed you could start him, but certainly if you're in a pinch or if you're in deeper leagues, I think he is a start moving forward because he is pretty good, and the Jets do have a decent amount of weapons. All right, Joe, uh, looking at your Packers, uh, obviously some questions right now with Aaron Rodgers uh, with the thumb break, the avulsion fracture, and then he goes out with a rib injury. Questionable right now, a good matchup uh, for him against the Bears if if he's able to play. Uh, if you're a fantasy owner of Aaron Rodgers, are, are you concerned uh, because he hasn't had the greatest of seasons and the injuries, or is he a guy that you just need to roll with because of the favorable matchup? Yeah, not too often do you get to uh, have the opportunity to start an owner of a team, but you have the opportunity to start the Aaron Rodgers, who owns the Bears, uh, this week, provided he's healthy. <laughs> yes, right. that is a, a bit of a setup for the joke. I, I don't know. I'm, uh, I was going to say, we don't have to talk about the Packers at all. That's fine. I, I might get angry at them and rant about them, but it's, it's, <laughs> there's nothing good, really, to say. This is a matchup of two really, really bad teams, uh, and it's going to be one of those, who, who ends up being worse? And I think if Justin Fields plays, the Bears will win. Actually, I feel very confident watching Jalen Hurts destroy the Packers, and Fields is more athletic. But Rodgers probably should do fine. Eddie Jackson, their uh, former All-Pro safety, was placed on injured reserve, might have uh, Liz Frank surgery, and that was their best secondary guy, at least more uh, veteran and developed. They've drafted a few guys like Jaquan Brisker and stuff like that, but their secondary is so young. Christian Watson has developed over the last three or four weeks. That's been good to see. It's possible Romeo Dobbs plays this week after missing the last four or five weeks with a high ankle strain. 
uh, sprain. Rogers should have most of his weapons back, and that's along with Cobb and Alan Lazard. This is probably the best pass catching group Rogers will have, and then he's done. I think even if they win this week, it doesn't matter. They'll be mathematically ruled out, and then you have Jordan Love the rest of the season, which as a fan of the Packers, like I am, I would rather see, but I understand why he's out there, and I think the franchise and Matt LaFleur owes it to play Aaron Rodgers for as long as he wants to play. Uh, I just think it'll be this week is the last week and maybe a swan song of sorts for him for fantasy managers. And looking at the tight end position, for fantasy, it just seems like it's been pretty rough this year, uh, unless you have Travis Kelsey. Um, And now with the Falcons putting Kyle Pitts on IR, he's done for the rest of the season. Um, And I know I think you said earlier in the season that you were pretty high and you had him in a Mm -hmm. lot of your leagues. Mm -hmm. Um, And so obviously he hasn't been very productive on the field. But looking at the Falcons offense um, now, do do you think that helps maybe open up some things for Drake London uh, in the passing game? And how do you how do you think? And then maybe some replacements you could name um, just to pick up on the waiver wire now that Kyle Pitts is, is done for the season. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, there just is not anybody on the waiver wire to speak of. Not not anybody like a a difference maker that can win you your matchup like an Amon Ross St. Brown last year or something like that. So I think I read a stat. I'm going to probably quote it incorrectly, but more or less the point. So it was discussing who are your fantasy MVPs to date. Um, Josh Jacobs with the number one fantasy running, running back scorer. Jalen Hurts with the quarterback scorer. And then Travis Kelsey, tight end. Jacobs and Hertz, relative to the second person in fantasy points, were somewhere in the 5% to 10% range higher than the second-place score. Okay, that was pretty good. And obviously with Jacobs last week winning the game for the Raiders, he's, he's on everyone's mind, and rightfully so. He's been very consistent this year. Kelsey, I think, is 70% higher than the second tight end. It literally Goodness. is Travis Kelsey and nobody else at tight end. And Mark yeah. Andrews has been fine. He's been healthy. But, like, I mean, I, I knew Kelsey was doing good, and like you mentioned, he was too. But to that level, it really is kind of insane. So that's the actual positive, if you could say it that way, is that there's 11 other tight ends that are exactly the same kind of crap that you're starting. It, it, unless you are going against Travis Kelsey, you are more or less having the same tight end each and every week that's out there. I think there's guys that have possibilities to do well. Cole Komet has been um, really working in favor with Justin Fields when Fields has been healthy, okay. Um, I, I really kind of like Daniel Bellinger, who should be coming off the injured reserve uh, hopefully this week or next week after uh, rupturing, or not rupturing, breaking his eye socket earlier this season. He was kind of a touchdown threat for the Giants, who are sorely missing pass catchers. But that's the thing. The Daniel Bellingers and Cole Komets are no different than, uh, I don't know, the Mark Andrews, not necessarily, but Zach Ertz was tight end five. Well, he's on injured reserve. Kyle Pitts, like you mentioned, he's on injured reserve. Uh, I don't know. It's, it is such a tough spot uh, that I don't think there really is an advantage that you're getting unless you have Kelsey and Andrews and Hawkinson, who are uh, certainly way different than what Kelsey's been playing this year. Joe Bartle works for RotoWire, and he joins us here on Sports Call. You can follow him on Twitter at JB Fantasy Sports for all your fantasy football and, frankly, fantasy sports needs. Uh, let's continue talking about the NFL ahead of this week's matchups. Uh, Jamar Chase, the wide receiver for the Cincinnati Bengals, says that he didn't play last week out of uh, as a precaution. We haven't seen him on the field since October 23rd. What are you hearing about Jamar Chase? Will he be effective when he comes? comes back let's talk about the cincinnati star wide receiver yeah limited to practice wednesday which is a good sign um now the teams can kind of fudge that especially earlier in the week so long as you're more or less representing what they're doing 
NFL is not going to care. It's when they come down on Bill Belichick after lying about certain things uh, on the injury report when it becomes an issue. I anticipate he will play this week. It sounded like he was close to playing last week, like you mentioned, and they just didn't feel like they needed to, whatever else, fine. I think the Bengals have bigger aspirations, so making sure you have Jamar Chase healthy as he possibly can be at this point in the season is the end game objective. I think they bring him back, though, regardless of this week because they need as much offensive firepower as they can get. Going into the Chiefs, who despite traveling to Cincinnati are favored by two points, the over-under at 52.5 points is the highest one on this, uh, on this slate week 13 and for good reason. So I think Chase plays this week. The bigger question will be Joe Mixon who missed last week with a concussion. Um, you were able to get Samaj P. Ryan to at least be a functional running back one or running back two if you were able to get him off a of waiver wires for this week. But that, that Mixon was a limited participant in this practice as well too would indicate to me that he will also be available to play. So you're going to have the Bengals full arsenal of pass catchers and offense weapons available in what should be a really, really good game. Talking about NFL matchups, tomorrow we see the Patriots take on the Bills in Thursday Night Football. What's intriguing about this? Yeah, that's an actually good game. Uh, that might be the first one in yeah. a long time for Thursday Night Football. And I can say that because my Packers got destroyed by the Titans a couple weeks ago. That was not a fun game, nor a good game. Um, I'm really in- interested in what the Bills are able to do adjustment-wise against the Patriots, who have been one of the better teams over the course of Josh Allen's tenure with the Bills at stopping his dual-threat capabilities. Now, it's not like Josh Allen never runs against the Patriots, but they're so disciplined on their rush lanes. And when you're able to do that, you have a secondary that can more or less lock down. But this is not the secondary that has Stephon Gilmore uh, and J.C. Jackson in the world. This is as limited defensively as the, as the Patriots have been over some time. Can they contain Stephon Diggs? And if they do, does that mean Gabe Davis and maybe Isaiah McKenzie get open? I'd like... I really believe the Bills are one of the best teams in the league despite their 8-3 and three record. It's not like it's the Chiefs 9-2 or the Eagles and Vikings who are right up there. I think the Bills are certainly better than most of those. And it's if their pieces can all click together, that really becomes the issue for me. Um, I, I don't know. It's, it's almost like the Bills play like, hey, it's the regular season. Uh, we don't want to put too much, too much on tape. Not that they're pulling punches or anything like that, but we haven't really seen this Bills offense truly unlocked over the last month. And I just think there's too much talent uh, and too much good coaching for that to be a consistent issue. So that's where I, I, I'm most interested to see how the Bills can really uh, threaten the Patriots' defense. I don't think there's much the Patriots' offense can necessarily do. I know they look fine against the Vikings on Thursday. Uh, I just will say the Vikings' defense is not good. I think the Bills' defense is much better, even if they miss Von Miller. Do you think all four teams from the NFC East are going to make the playoffs? Uh, that's a tough one. I mean, this is in part because the NFC overall is just so bad. I mean, you might have the Buccaneers with a losing record in the NFC uh, win, win a playoff spot, which is crazy to think of whether the Buccaneers are just as bad as they are as opposed to the South being a bad division overall. I, I, don't, I don't think the Commanders or Giants are real, and yet I look at the rest of the NFC and it's like, I don't know, who, who's supposed to jump in? The Seahawks <laughs> or 49ers? Maybe one of those two spots? Certainly nobody from the NFC North. I, I think it's very possible that you have all four teams, and there are at least three. I think I feel very certain three of the NFC East are going to make it in, uh, and it'll be really close in the fourth team, whether or not they're able to also jump. I think it's going to be the Giants or uh, Commanders, and I would lean towards the Commanders, but uh, I don't know. It's, I mean, they have a bye week yet to come, too. I think they're week 14, so we'll have to see uh, what really shakes out with that. Tell me about the podcast that you've got coming out this week, and I know there's the Sirius XM show uh, coming up as well. So give us a preview, Joe. Yeah, so, uh, well, I guess this past week, uh, or sorry, on Tuesday, we discussed the waiver wire pickups, and it was actually 
kind of a hard one, and I, I feel like we, we don't normally do this cop-out thing where we don't quite answer everything, but there truly was three or four backfield situations, the Jets being one of them with Michael Carter, not having the dreaded high ankle sprain, but an ankle sprain nevertheless. They had Donovan Knight, they had uh, Ty Johnson. It's possible James Robinson comes back up to being a healthy and active. That could all complicate things. And if you get the right one, that's a running back two at minimum against the Vikings this week. Then there's the Steelers on Monday night. They had Najee Harris leave. Benny Snell was doing well. That's only because Jalen Warren didn't play. That's a complicated situation, too. And then the Jaguars, which are Michael Hasty uh, playing over Travis Etienne, who downplayed his injury, too. There's a lot of names that could make an impact, but we need to have the situation to develop. Fortunately, you do the podcast on Tuesday. You can't really see that stuff. I would be uh, very interested to see what happens Thursday and Friday with injury reports in regards to that backfield. So we cover that every week with the Waverwire podcast. Just search uh, Rotowire Fantasy Football, and uh, we, we have that on Tuesdays. And SiriusXM, Channel 88, uh, 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern, uh, getting you set for all the week previews. I think this is actually a good slate of NFL games. I'm excited to discuss them. And the upcoming month of December, I'm going to be filling in quite a bit as everyone's doing their holiday rundowns and whatnot. So uh, you'll catch me not just on Fridays, but also uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, and ensuing weeks as well, too. How about that? Follow him on Twitter at JB Fantasy Sports and listen to him on Sirius XM as well. We started talking about Thanksgiving, so let's move on to the next holiday to get you out of here. Tomorrow is December, so when does Joe Bartle start gift shopping? <laughs> uh, December 23rd. Good choice. Okay. <laughs> I'm typically right there with you, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, I try to do the best I can uh, preparing. It's just time. I mean, this is... And we let ourselves down every price. year, don't we? We're like, this yeah. is going to be a different year. We'll start earlier, and the next thing you know, we got 48 hours to get this thing done. Exactly, exactly. We'll, we'll try to be better, but uh, I make no promises to anyone. <laughs> Thanks for the time, Joe. We'll talk again next week, okay? All right. Sounds good. Thanks, guys.